You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now? A practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt. Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now? So this week, I'm going to make a liar out of the nice lady. I'm actually Langston Khan, a senior teacher of the Cycle Teachings, and your host for this week's episode. So we'll start with some prayers. I just call out to your ancestor helping spirits and my ancestor helping spirits, those who lived well and died well, those who hold all that is good and true and beautiful in our collective lines. Please be here now. We call out to you to help us to remember you who know what it is to be human and what it is to be spirit, how to live well, how to make our lives matter, how to live lives of meaning. We also call out to those non-human ancestors who dreamed our ancestors into existence, those beautiful plants and animals and sacred elements and directions that gave birth to our people. And, And we also call out to the land that our people lived on that shaped us and who we are now and the land that we currently inhabit and the spirits of those lands. Help us to learn to surrender to our own true natures. We also give gratitude to the earth and it's beautiful, vast, diverse dreaming. We take a moment now just to extend that feeling of gratitude down from our hearts into the depths of the earth, moving our grounding cords down into that foundation of a bedrock beneath us, down past there into the earth itself at this time of year when this is being recorded, where it's turning um, winter into spring in my hemisphere and just feeling into the wisdom of the earth at this time of year of planting those seeds for manifestation. And we continue to move down to that luminous pool of true yin energy, that feeling of that place where things live that are nourished by darkness, deep, restorative, restful darkness that nourishes and replenishes and that energy of stillness and solitude and silence. And from that rich, luminous pool, we draw up into our body the wisdom of manifestation and the feeling of belonging that arises from that wisdom, belonging to this earth, belonging to our ancestors, belonging to the time we chose to come in at and to share our gifts, and belonging to this this vast human family that we're all part of. Let us also draw up alongside that sense of belonging, a deep sense of responsibility. Let the earth share with us how we can better learn to step into true spiritual adulthood so we can stop allowing children to be born without true elders. We then reach up to that highest power of the universe and we connect with that energy of protection and blessing and beneficence and generosity and purification. And we draw that 
brilliant energy into our hearts and into our bodies, into our muscles and cells and tissues and tendons and bones. And we let it fill us with this knowledge of how to be here in a good way, taking up space and of our worthiness and innate goodness and the trust in that goodness. And as these two vast lovers come together within us, the heavens and the earth, let us remember that each moment of our life is an opportunity for us to move as an expression of this legendary love. And let these two energies mix and merge within our heart and give birth to that unique energy of why we are here, our own heart's unique radiance. May we have all that we need to share our love with the world in the form of these unique gifts of our soul's purpose so that the ones who are coming will be able to build upon the gifts we have shared and share their own beauty with the world with more ease and joy and laughter and not just be stuck repeating the same mistakes we did, but getting the chance to make new glorious mistakes as they bring their genius into the world. As we do the sacred work of sharing our love with the world, may we be guided by death and healer in particular as we learn to ask for help skillfully cultivate our capacity for faith so we can continue to move forward even when all that we know and understand falls away. May we learn to embody right relationship with death so we can let what needs to die die in a timely manner so new parts of us can be born as we learn to give birth to our genius. We honor you and we thank you. So today I am here with Jennifer Blaylock, Abby Bowman, and Alexis Penny who are three students who just completed their first year in the cycle of transformation. And so this week, we're going to be talking with them about the cycle of transformation and particularly about the first year's retreat, which is called Masks of Illusion and the Authentic Self. And that retreat will be at the beginning of June this year, which you can find more information about at the lastmaskcenter.org website on the homepage. And so before we go into talking with the students, I wanted to spend just a little bit of time talking about the cycle of transformation itself. And there's been a few episodes back in the archives if you want to dig through about the cycle where Christina was interviewed. Um, but essentially, at its essence, the cycle of transformation is a four-year program that allows you to step into true spiritual adulthood. And... I think that's a concept that gets thrown a lot, a lot, around a lot without us really understanding what that feels like or what that means. And of course, there's, this is talked a lot about on why shamanism now. But just briefly, for those of you who are just turning, tuning in, um, in my understanding, spiritual adulthood is about being able to truly drop the baggage of our family of origin patterns, um, all those sort of tangled up parts of ourselves that are stuck in decisions we made as children to survive and be able to step into deep, rich relationship with the earth as mother and the sky as father and the sacred elements as our family and all these different, beautiful, numinous energies that are here with us on this earth as our family so that then we can step back to our human family members as just fellow adults doing this beautiful human journey with us and not look to them to be superhuman um, or blame them for, for not being superhuman in a sense. And 
with that, with that sense of coming into that deeper, richer relationship with the life all around us, including the human life, also remembering what we came here to do, that unique vision that we fell so in love with. It inspired us to decide to come to this planet and try this crazy thing called being human on the earth. And then finding ways to embody that unique genius, that unique energy of our purpose that meet the needs of our time that we're experiencing and seeing. And so in essence, that's what the cycle teachings are all about, helping contemporary humans, mostly contemporary Western humans, to remember how we do this thing that humans have done for so long on this planet. It's been a sort of very recent experiment um, in human history that we decided, oh, we don't need ritual. We don't need, you know, we are cultivating our own um, intimate relationship with spirit. Um, we don't need to, you know, connect and dialogue with our helping spirits and, and with the elements. And we don't need to hold each other in true community. And so I think, you know, many people would say that we're watching that experiment kind of fall apart. A lot of the seams are starting to show these days as the lie of separation kind of dissolves. And so the cycle teachings is all about how do we, in the messy time we live in, as the contemporary people we are with all of our contemporary problems, how do we still strip away all of the layers that get in the way between us and our authenticity and our purpose and learn to bring those energies into the world in a really visceral, um, beautiful way that, so that we can actually become the people who can meet the challenges of our time and what we see as big cultural troubles that are going on right now in the world. And so Masks of Illusion and the Authentic Self, as the first retreat that you enter in at the beginning of the cycle of transformation, is all about understanding in our body, really, again, really viscerally understanding, not just an intellectual understanding, that the wisdom of the healer the archetype of healer is about how to live well and that when healing is needed is when we're not living well, essentially when the sort of like the horse is already out of the barn. Um, and so the healer really teaches us what we uniquely need on a daily basis to be well. And we start proactively making choices to live well and understanding that in that process, as I was saying in the prayers at the beginning, things will have to die and new things will have to be born and we'll have to have, learn new things to have faith in than just our cultural stories we grew up with. And we'll also have to um, ask for help at certain times. And as we learn to do that and enter into those archetypal processes, we're also learning to work with elemental energies to effectively reawaken our relationship with our authenticity, with our authentic self. And as we do that, we allow our authentic self to become real again in our lives so we can answer the question of what matters. Like, what do I need to do today that actually serves my purpose and my authenticity um, so I don't feel just lost in this vast sort of meaninglessness of existence? And I, there's one quote from Master Li Zhengfeng, um, who founded the Shenzhen School of Taoism, that the essentially the self isn't something that you just find one day you know go find yourself that actually the self comes through time experience and practice 
And so really in this first week of the teachings, you're learning what are the skills you need to actually start cultivating a self that feels deeply authentic to you and in alignment with that purpose you came here to live. And so now I'd love to stop talking and go to um, the three students we have. So maybe we'll start with Alexis. And I'd like to just um, have you all talk about what led you to take the cycle? Because it's, it's a big decision, I know, going to a week-long retreat that possibly ties into a four-year commitment if you choose to make that commitment. And, uh, and I know each of you had had a lot of different experiences with other spiritual communities before this, some positive, some not so positive. So I'm really curious just what pushed you over the edge, what made you realize this is something I need in my life and really want to pursue? Um, well, for me, it... I made the decision to to begin this cycle out of a period of great distress, which had kind of like looking back, it's, it was like all of the things that were difficult about my entire life had crystallized in these like two or three years and just everything had kind of exploded. And I had, a, you know, I have a long history. I'm a yoga teacher, so I have a long history of, of being in group group led and group held sort of processes of transformation and training processes and things like that. And, um, I was in the process of navigating my exit from, uh, a community, a spiritual community where things had not been held well and where, where a lot of really powerful transformation had happened for me, but I, I had also been really hurt or, or earlier wounds had been sort of rewounded. And so I was really kind of lost and wandering and, a lot of gnarly stuff was going on in my life. And when I encountered this work out in the world and, and received my first shamanic healing, it was like this weird sort of, I thought I knew what truth and clarity was. And then this happened and it was like, oh, wow, I have no idea what my soul is. I really don't even, didn't even give any mind to the fact that such a thing existed. And I really had not given any, any thought to what spiritual adulthood might have been. I kind of had thrown that baby out with the bathwater, kind of how a lot of folks from my generation have of like, maybe there is no adulthood. Maybe that, maybe that's just a, a patriarchal fiction and, and we're all just children forever. And, and that also wasn't really working for me. So I kind of just had this profound sense when I started encountering your work and Christina's work of like, wow, these people are saying things that no one else I've ever heard from, from yogic traditions to Wiccan, tra Wiccan traditions to all, all swaths of the new age. I just felt like no one was really saying this stuff or if they were, they were scratching the surface, but they really weren't saying it with the clarity and depth that um, y'all were. And so I just was really struck. And as I started to kind of cobble together practices from just from listening to this podcast, I started to discover so much change in my life, just in terms of like things like really simple, like grounding and setting boundaries. And so I kind of just, I slowly convinced myself, I was like, if, if, if you have changed your life so much, just from doing these things, just from listening to the call-in, that Christina does at the beginning of the show, then what would it be like to spend a week with her? And even if it's, even if, you know, she's actually turns out to be full of shit, probably it's going to be a learning experience. And I'm, you know, I like to throw myself at hard lessons <laughs> in my life. So I just, I, I had kind of just figured 
let's just do this though. You know, that was more of the mind. My heart was just like, okay, there's truth here. And, and, and I just knew, I was like, no one else seems to be saying I can help you become a spiritual adult. And no one, I had never even heard the, the concept of soul's purpose. And once I got that, once I heard that once, it was like everything kind of suddenly was centering around that. And the fact that I had no idea what my soul's purpose is or could be, and I had no idea really what my soul wanted. But it, but now that it, now looking back, I can feel like that was my soul being like, go here, do this. And it's going to be intense in some ways, but, but this is, this is where you need to be. And so I just kind of took the plunge. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And Abby, would you like to share? Yeah. Um, so for me, uh, what led me to the cycle was I had a, a pretty profound break with reality in my early twenties. And while I was, um, working on figuring out what that was and what it meant. Um, there was a lot of seeking um, and a lot of uh, trying to cope with, you know, uh, covering up with addiction and trying to self-medicate. And so it took about 10 years before uh, life finally led me to why shamanism now and Christina. Um, and, uh, you know, like it does, it, it we are we end up finding where we're supposed to be. And um, after listening to maybe one or two podcasts, I was like, I would like this person to be my teacher. And um, kind of like what Alexis was saying, um, I, I didn't really think too much about what the cycle, what it would all mean. I didn't even really research it very much. I just knew that it was something I needed to do. So I, I signed up and I'm still discovering um, what it all actually means. Um, and I think we'll talk more about that um, throughout this uh, conversation. Wonderful. Thank you. And Jennifer. Um, yeah, I just want to let people know that I am 56 years old. So I've kind of been at this for a while. And what led me to the cycle trainings or teachings is that I had been um, learning about and studying shamanism for about 10 years. And I was at a stage in my life where if people asked me, well, what is your spiritual path? I could say shamanism is my spiritual path. And that took quite a bit of time for that to kind of sink into my body and my way of being. So the cycle teachings for me first came up by finding the podcast and then being able to listen to Christina. And I deeply resonated with her intelligence, with her ability to week after week really generate a tremendous amount of wisdom on her podcast. And, you know, so for me, it was a decision to take on a teacher, which I actually, that was a very serious um, process for me because I had never, I had never really taken a teacher before. I'd been exposed to many teachers, but it's very different to step into a container that's going to last four years 
and take on a teacher. So I once we you know once we had signed up and we received some prep materials the thing that just really comforted me and sealed the deal was an article that Christina wrote called Taking a Teacher. It's published in the Journal of Shamanic Practice, Volume 4, Spring 2011, if anyone wants to look it up. And I just want to share a couple of sentences of why I felt like I was really on track when I said yes to the cycle trainings. Excellent. So it, it says, learning from a really good teacher is like being carried in the current of a river directly into the true self. It is the student who chooses to bow down low enough to receive the river. In that act of surrender to the river, the student accesses the powers of transformation in that river. The surrender is to the river. The surrender is not to the teacher. And that spoke to my heart, uh, my mind. It's just giving me chills as I speak it. But then knowing that that teacher is going to teach me how to be with the river. And, and I had no clue really how to be with the river. And being that year one is done, I'm a little bit closer. So that's... Um, that's how I chose the cycle training, teaching. Thank you, Jennifer. I love that quote. Yeah, it's been a while since I've read that article that Christina wrote. And um, yeah, it's a beautiful metaphor. Um, and I think one of the things that's so amazing too about the cycle that you even feel moving into the first retreat and even really listening to these podcasts is the depth and breadth of that river that you're being guided to. Um, and so I think... It's like something that really surprised me at my first retreat, feeling the level of depth that was held in these teachings. And so I would love to hear from all of you um, now what surprised you about the experience of the first retreat that you went to of Massive the Illusion and the Authentic Self of, um, yeah, which is what when you actually, you know, got off the plane and, and made your way to the retreat center. What was your experience like? What, what surprised you? So we'll be starting with Alexis. Um, yeah, you know, like I said, I, I, I have, I'm, I had been staff and on the other side as a student in a lot of like sort of group transformational processes, a lot of yoga trainings and things like that. And while I did have a lot of critique of my former employers, I sort of had this naivete, like, well, we, we were holding pretty good space for some of these big, intense transformations. And the thing that struck me the most about the first retreat was was relatively realizing, wow, we were not holding the space at all. Just it's just comparatively and seeing the way that Christina and you and the other assistants held that space for us so skillfully and effectively without any posturing. And without any any sort of fear-based, like, do this or else kind of things. Because in, in yoga world, there's a lot of really soft sort of yoga teacher voice language clothed over 
really what amounts to like intimidation. Like you need to do this. We all need to get on the same page or it's not going to work. And and if it doesn't work, then, you know, who knows what's going to happen. And so there was just none of that. And that was really startling. It was like I could breathe in the space. And I realized that what I had been doing in a lot of the the trainings that I had been a part of previously was like actually just trying to hold space for myself because I wasn't truly able to feel safe or, or held in, in those containers. And so that was really startling and humbling for me because I thought that I kind of was a space holding expert. And then I, and then I actually encountered space holding experts and I was like, Oh shit. Uh, I, I, I need to go back to the drawing board and just start looking at what these people are doing. But, um, you know, because there, there's certain things about a group process that weren't surprising to me, which is that, you know, there's going to be challenges that come up and it's challenging to step into a group of 20 to 25 strangers in the middle of the desert and, and you know, start to talk about, you know, some deep shit like your authenticity and the traumas that brought you, you know, into that space of need for a, a process like that. But that kind of stuff wasn't so surprising. It really was just just the skill and efficacy and, and maturity that that y'all as as the teachers held. And and to feel actually too so palpably how it wasn't just you. There it was not just Christina holding the space. It was the cosmology and the community, even though they weren't there, just the 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 strength of that community behind her and the teachings and the spirits. So that it was like, wow, big space is being held here. Beautiful. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, this is Abby. What surprised me um, was in the in the very beginning, um, we get a packet of like like 10 pages of prep work before you even go. And I was like, oh, damn, this is a lot of work. Uh, so my first surprise was just how much uh, work and, and um, dedication it really it does take to be a part of the cycle that um, Christina's not bullshitting you that there are expectations and this is not uh, like a free ride. This is real transformation and learning what that entails and and what um, what is required of you to to genuinely participate. So that that was a surprise. Um, and honestly, I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, I want to be asked to do my absolute best and to try my hardest. Um, That is an important piece for me. Um, Then another thing that surprised me was how much the community is a part of the teaching. So I didn't really realize that. Like when I was looking online briefly, it was, I was like, okay, oh yeah. And so there's a community involved too. Um, And it, the community really is, adds this depth um, and this richness to the, the teachings. So it's the teachings, but then it's also how do you live the teachings and how do you live it with people that have a shared understanding? And that is a whole new world for me that I'm um, really just starting to scratch the surface of like what that means um, and what we might be able to accomplish if a group of us are really doing that. So that has been surprising and um, I, I can sense... Um, more surprises to come with with what even community means. Um, and then the, the final thing that I found surprising was just the people. So the people in, in our cohort, um, Jennifer, Alexis, and I are all in the same one. Um, I have been just uh, blown away 
by the quality, the skill, the depth, the commitment of the people that I get. I have the like it's a, it's a blessing to be able to work with these folks. And I haven't experienced that in other spiritual communities. So another just real wonderful surprise. Thank you. Abby. So this is Jennifer. Um, yeah, I just deeply resonate with what Alexis and Abby just shared. So echo, echo that. And I think I would add just some small things. Like it was so th thrilling, like before the, retreat, a few of us started to email each other to do the ride share and then meet each other at the airport and drive to the retreat site. And like that thrilled me and surprised me just how nice everybody was. And that's important to me. It's just nice to be with friendly people, <laughs> you know, since we're all going to be engaged in this deep transformational work. Um, I won't say I was surprised by this, but just so deeply pleased is how you show up, Langston, and Christina, and others, and other cohorts who were there to hold the space for us. Um, that meant a lot, and to have that in the background, in the foreground, as Alexis was referring to, um, really does make for a stable um, container. And I've been in many, and I've never quite felt what I felt there. Um, so, yeah, surprised and pleased. Yeah, um, a lot of you mentioned community, so I thought I might just share a little story of my first experience. I think it's about like eight or nine years ago now. Um, so I had received a healing session from Christina that involved transforming a really problematic pattern in my life that involved how I engaged my boundaries. And so I was working really hard to heal this pattern on my own, doing everything I could, integrating my soul parts, you know, doing, taking all these new action steps, doing ritual work at the river and like all these different things. Um, and what I found was that it still wasn't fully changing. Um, and it wasn't until the first uh, fire ritual we had when I went to masks that we were able to sort of dance these energies that were in the way of our authenticity and give them up to the fire. And in that moment, what I've been working so rigorously for a year to transform just fell away like nothing. And it was the first time I really felt the power of community ritual and, and really understood more than intellectually that there's some wounds that we incur in community, in family, that really need the container of well-held community um, to actually allow them to have enough space to breathe and be felt and then be released fully. And so, yeah, I, I was definitely a huge surprise for me at that time in my life that shaped my whole understanding of my life and my spiritual path and the intrinsic nature of community as part of that path. And so I, I would love, I want to talk a little bit more about community perhaps and, and how you experience it supporting you. But first, I'm really interested in just hearing more about your actual experience of being at the retreats. Because like anything can happen at a retreat. It sounds kind of like, you know, vague or abstract. So I'm really curious, just some of 
a little bit about some moments that stand out for you that is maybe especially the ones that felt really different than other um, retreats that you had participated in or different um, ritual experiences you had had. And also within that question, I'm curious about the the fears that were coming up as you were engaging it and, and how they were met or not met in that process. Yeah, I mean, I definitely had a lot of trepidation around a lot of things. And, and I was lucky enough, you know, the, the listeners may not know, like my Langston was a person that led me to this work because I had had a really intense, uh, I had had like a possession by a ghost, which prior to that, I had no idea that that was even a possibility. And Langston was the practitioner who had helped me deal with that and, and done a bunch of other healing at that same time. And so I had the opportunity to, to be asking these questions of like, uh, is it going to be like this? Is it going to be like this? And, and have you so skillfully sort of assuage my fears in some way? But I still, I was really, I just was very, um, I've, you know, I've been around a lot of very charismatic, very talented teachers who take all the teaching onto themselves. And, and that was my major fear. And I am kind of like, you know, full disclosure, kind of a teacher that has a pattern like that myself. So, you know, I, I, was, I was very sort of nervous to, to encounter that kind of energy in the community. And it's really not the case at all. It was really cool to see how much Christina sort of brings the workload off of her one human self and shares it amongst this community and shares it with this cosmology and how much of the work is really just so spirit led. That to me is like a, a big distinction between these teachings and other teachings where you, you know, it's like it may, they may nod to spirit and they may reference spirit directly, but then you're like, but did you go to spirit and ask like what <laughs> was spirit actually telling you that this was how we should do things? Or is this just like what seemed convenient or exciting? But then a little yeah. or like, a, like just a little example from your own experience of, of either at the first retreat or the second retreat, just um, of, of a process that really felt very spirit led. Just a moment you noticed that. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a part, there's a part in the first retreat without going into too much detail where um, we go out and we go into the, like uh, a direct encounter with death as a spirit or an, as an archetype and, and as an ally and a teacher. And I think that that could have been, I mean, I'm in the middle of the desert with all of these strangers. I've got this, this shaman who, who clearly is, you know, in, in, in experience of a lot of power, she, she radiates in a certain sense. She's very embodied, very present in a way that very few teachers I've encountered are. And she's like, now step through here and then, you know, go encounter death. And it could have been this big grandstanding moment. I've been in a lot of group ritual with Wiccans and pagans and this and that, and nothing against those communities for sure. But it really was so simple and subtle, but we were there. And it was really powerful for me. It was super intense. And, I, and I'm and i like, I'm hundreds or thousands of miles from really anyone I know at this point. I'm in the middle of the desert. I've been going through these, these you know, ritual processes and stuff for days. And I'm just, okay, cool. We're just going to step over this threshold and I'm going to go meet death. And, and it just was what it was. It was so 
straightforward, but it was, it, I could just tell that the techniques that she was using, and even some of them I recognized because I had been sort of doing all my like frenzied shamanic homework and reading as many books and articles as I could about different shamanic techniques from different cultures. And I was like, oh, I recognize this from, from this book, but whoa, it's happening right now, right in front of my face. And it's going right. And I'm not afraid somehow. I'm literally just encountering death and then I'm stepping safely back out. And it, it, that, it, that, that moment was when it kind of hit home for me. It was like, oh, you're really doing this. You're out in the freaking desert with this shaman. And it's this, all of this stuff is actually happening. And it seems to be helpful. It's like actually doing what it's supposed to do. It's not just like, oh, wow. Like, you know, grandstandy spiritual stuff. So I don't know if that's helpful as an example. That's great. Thank you. Uh-huh. Abby, is there anything you'd like to share? Um, <clears throat> so the actual experience of being at the retreats, um, for me, it's like from just day one, you're just stepping into this, this other world. There are full days packed full of um, information, ritual, shared experience, um, skill learning, um, some crafting time. (laughs) Um, but there it's like every moment is so poignant. It's just, it feels like this, like, uh, this soup of magic that you kind of step into and, um, uh, it's, it takes, so that's for about a week. And then it, it's, it took me six months to continue to unravel everything that I had learned. So it's, there's, there's things that you do journeys that you're led on that um, you get answers. And then you, you know, I'll, I'll go back and look at my notebook and be like, Oh, whoa. Yeah. That was actually really profound. And I didn't even really understand the, the answer at the time. So, um, so the, the actual experience is, is bam, like a, a lot happening. And then, and then you have the time to, to process this um and then i think you were asking about if there were any fears um too and um like i said before i didn't really think about it too much i just sort of stepped right in but as um as i was learning how much community meant to the the cycle and how much a part that of it that is um i I had some fears come up around uh community and um, my preference has always been to be sort of lone wolf, do it on my own, um, spiritual practice. And there's, uh, like a fear of sharing it with other people. And, um, I'm, I'm being, uh, shown that it can be done. So, so the fear is there and it's, um, and working with that fear and, uh, feeling appreciative of that. Yeah, thank you for sharing. I would have never known that you had these fears around community by the way you show up in community. Uh, yeah, um, that's beautiful. Thank you. Thanks. Jennifer. So, yeah, again, just echo my cohort members there. I mean, there's, you know, the ritual, like, no one's business. Um, but just like on an everyday basis, one thing is it was really wonderful to meet Christina in person. And I feel like to know her on the radio is to know her in person. You know, there's um, a seamlessness um, 
to her just, I mean, always professional and um, holding the teaching very seriously, but you can laugh and just kind of let your hair down too. So that is a wonderful, you know, element there. And then honestly, at the retreat site itself, one thing that I really was learning is how to, to respect and pay honor and homage to the earth. So, you know, we have an earth shrine and just had our individual and collective ways to connect and give thanks. And that was and remains very powerful. That That's something I really needed to learn. And so from that first retreat, that was really important for me. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, to go back to your talking about just meeting Christina in person. And, and um, yeah, I think that's a huge thing of just experiencing teachers and members of the community in person that I think when we talk about these very important things on, on the podcast, these important concepts of like living our purpose and authenticity, it sounds like a super um, serious, uh, you know, stern environment of spiritual rigor, which it is in some ways. And also there is an equal measure, so much humor and, and laughter and playfulness and silliness. And I, and I think what allows that to be there is that playfulness comes out of deep, true intimacy. And, and the depth of the work and how well held the containers, as you've all been talking about, allows this intimacy to grow between the participants. Even for those of us who are a little scared of community or who have been wounded in the community in the past, this intimacy grows that allows genuine play and fun to blossom out of that environment. And that's, I think, a really exciting thing about the retreats that it's hard to tell just from uh, listening to the shows. So sort of um, not related to that question at all, I'm curious about since the retreat, um, what all of your experience has been like? Um, like what kind of transformations have you noticed happening in your life just within this first year of being in the teachings? Well, you know, similar to what you had shared, like I had had my, my first soul retrieval like a full year before the first retreat. And then I got my second one during the, the fall between the first and the second retreats. But I, I really don't think that I could have fully integrated those things without the support of this community and, and, and sort of the, just the accountability from myself of showing up, not just because showing up for myself, you know, which is for most of us probably kind of challenging, but actually knowing that it, when I'm showing up for myself and these practices, I am showing up for my cohort and the community and sort of co-creating now this energetic container and so in actually finally integrating those soul parts well and actually changing my behavior, that's been a huge shift for me. Like um, I got fully sober during this first year. Um, I have just a resilience that I never had. I, I have constantly, I think a lot of people that are drawn to this work can probably empathize that, you know, we, we're deep feelers and there's a lot of sensitivity to what's going on in the world and, 
And just to just literally just hanging out with my friends sometimes, I leave with like a weird energetic hangover. And that just doesn't happen for me anymore. There's something so cumulative about some of the foundational energy practices of just tending grounding and boundaries um, that has been really helpful. But then I think a lot of it is also just like this perspectival shift of like no longer seeing things through the lens of I'm just running in like some bizarre cosmic obstacle course trying to survive, but like actually seeing things from a broader framework and from the shamanic framework, it's like, oh, there is intention and value and meaning to all of these things in my life, particularly the really challenging things. And with the right tools for the right challenges, I can really harvest that meaning. So it's literally, and it, and and I have a responsibility to do so and accountability from the community to do so, or else I'm really just sort of missing out on wisdom and knowledge and growth. So that's, that's something that's been really interesting for me is like literally actually being able to look at my life as a teacher, not just as a metaphor, but with effective skills to engage with, with life as a teacher and be like, okay, cool. I overdrew my checking account. Uh, where, where was I in fear and lying to myself about that? You know, just really simple things like that and actually effectively ch- change those patterns and not just keep overdrawing my damn checking account or whatever it is. Absolutely. What about you, Abby? Um, well, it's, it's funny. I just, I, it's like I don't even know how to answer that question. Um, well, what has been my experience since the retreat? I it's um I, I am a different person my life is different the like the deep i've had a deepening of my experience of life um and it's in this subtle yet poignant way that is hard to uh, actually describe um but it's it's ever present it's like i it's i am changed and it's um and it is through every aspect of my life. Um, so I guess that's transformation, which is the whole point. Um, my relationship with spirit is is deeper and deepening. Um, and I feel like I, I'm, I'm gaining a skill set to be able to do the work that I want to do in the world. And additionally, the spiritual work that I want to do in the world um, to really make change. Um, and I And I feel supported to be able to do it with like-minded people. So the, the experience since just the first year of the retreat is just, uh, I think, hope um, and uh, motivation and um, just uh, a depth of love for a deepening of love for life and an ability to um, understand it in a different way. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard. For, it's hard to say um, to actually pinpoint what it is that is different. But I can tell you for damn sure that it, I'm different, and there have been lots of experiences. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate what you said. I think I want to emphasize it that that deepening of appreciation for life. Because I think that that can't be underestimated as part of one of the side effects of entering into the cycle teachings like you know warning label you might start really deeply appreciating your life and the people around you that um it it, it, that's been a profoundly profound transformation for me as moving to these teachings as well um 
of just that capacity to drop in to really an erotic, ecstatic experience of life, of, of the deep pleasure of just seeing a beautiful sunset, which maybe sounds silly, but, but it's this profound feeling of guards being dropped down from the heart that allow you to actually show up for your own heart so it can stay soft and vulnerable and be receptive and open to the beauty and love that's, that's flowing all around you. And I don't mean that in a, like, it's hard to say that without it sounding like some Hallmark card, but, <laughs> but the experience of it is, and maybe what makes it less like a Hallmark card is that it's not just about deepening to the love and the beauty, but also to the moments of devastation and betrayal, and deep sadness, but just allowing all of that human lifeness to flow through you without getting stuck and, and twisty and, and stagnant feeling and heavy and depressed or anxious, but just really being in this flow of many different emotions. That's been one of the richest things I've gained from, from the cycle, I think. Totally. And Langston, it's like, it's like I can see where I've deepened and I can see where I can deepen more, where I'm not yet. So it's like this, it's, this is really interesting um, like those things that you're describing and then it's like and then i could see it i could even go more, like sink lower deeper and just that experience of knowing i can learn keep going is kind of exciting yeah jennifer how about you so yeah i like what you were saying there langston about just that being really open you know opening the heart to all the different emotions and for me, the biggest thing is I am feeling life and feeling in my body in a way that I haven't before. And so, you know, I'm a mind type. I don't know if anyone can relate to that. Uh, and it's been a big journey for me being a head type, being able to move into my body. This is like years worth of work. And so what I find in working with our practices, you know, the grounding, the boundaries, the, you know, energy of above and below and just all, all these and calling in the four directions and doing this on a regular basis is I am feeling things in a way it, it's hard to describe. I'm doing a part-time gig where I'm scoring children's tests and there's all these statistics, you know, that they track and every day we look at our stats and I'm the most math phobic person you can imagine. And I am able every day I show up to like feel the statistics. I can feel the numbers and I, you know, I'm still just, I mean, it sounds kind of, kind of crazy, but, um, it's like this whole, it's, that's never happened to me before because I've been so phobic, but there is this certain beauty to the workings of mathematics and numbers. So it's that type of thing that's blowing me away. Um, you know, I have challenges in life and, you know, when I get close to the edge, I, you know, now I'm just, 
okay, I don't know what else to do. Do my practice. And so I'm really getting in relationship with that. It's like an entity that I have a relationship with. And it serves me. And now what I'm learning is it really serves the whole community as well. Somewhere, I mean, I don't know this yet. It probably serves the ecosystem. So I'm in this liminal kind of space to say year after year one. Thank you, Jennifer. That's beautifully put. And as you're talking about community and, and feeling the effects of your personal work on this larger community, I think another part of that is also you've all been describing a bit about feeling the effects of the community's work, the collective work of the community container supporting you in your process. Um, I think one of the really unique things about these teachings is this is not just about some peak experience you have at a retreat, which I, I worry you, people might think that hearing what we shared so far, but it's so much about what happens in between the retreats because the teachings do not send you back into your life and say like, you know, good luck, be authentic. <laughs> you know, that's not the, how the teachings go. There's support in terms of your, your, a, you have an opportunity to have weekly calls with your cohort members, like, like, um, like in pods of like two to five people that are doing deep um, emotional work together each week and you're held by mentors who are guiding you in, in um, deepening your energetic skills and your ability to really track your triggers and stuck places and patterns in your body and clear them at their roots. We're also supported by a huge library of teachings from Christina, from about six years of her teachings that are available for anyone who wants to listen to them. These um, online teleseminars she's given that are only available to people in the community. Um, and it also includes teachings from a few other teachers in the community as well. Uh, there's seasonal transformational rituals that are divined by um, the shaman and community councils that allow people to support, be supported in their transformational process by tapping in to the energies of the year, like the equinoxes and the solstices um, and, and things like grief rituals where we're supported and really releasing deep grief that we're holding in our hearts throughout the year. Um, and the teachings are all held by councils of volunteers who are working together as they're working to live the teachings in their own lives to support the retreats and support each member of the community moving through the teachings in a way that really supports their authenticity and, and their purpose. And so I think that's a really unique thing about these teachings that no one is being just thrown to the wolves, so to speak, that we're really being held every step of the way in this rich container that supports our transformational process. And so I guess as part of just supporting and making a bridge for the new people who are coming. We have about five minutes left and I'd love if each of you could just share a little bit about what you would say to the people who are coming. Any, any way you would want to address them or anything you'd like to share that we didn't get to talk about yet. What I would say is that you know my, my experience has been equally um Yes, there's this community and these teachers and these teachings that are holding us and teaching us. And the the most amazing thing for me about this community is that it's actually drawing my gifts out and, and reflecting back to me gifts that I didn't really know that I had or that I really wanted to shy away from or I really just wanted to deny within myself. 
And so, and, and that happened on a cohort level and it, and it still happens on a cohort level and then in, in those micro groups that we create and it happens, it's happening now on a community level where, you know, like the, it's, I had always thought I had, I've, I'm a big dreamer and I have big visions and I had always thought that maybe I would have to toil in the world and just like build all of those, these things that I want to see out there alone or with the people that whoever I could just trick into <laughs> working with me. And just after, you know, like a series of months of engaging with this community, I'm like, oh, wait, this, th these gifts might be for this. And this community, I, we might have the opportunity to build all of this together. And so for those that are thinking about joining the cycle, we might really need you. And, and I know I feel that need and, and it's, there's this constant sort of growth and exchange between those of us coming in. And, and so I, I, you know, I would just encourage y'all that, you know, your, your gifts are needed here. Yeah. Um, I just want to echo what Alexis said. It feels like we're doing something, we're onto something, we're building something. I feel honored to be a part of it. And Lexus, you saying that we might need folks as they come, that just really, really landed on my truth cord. Yeah. Um, what I do want to say is it's a lot of work, too. It's not for the faint of heart. So I do want to just share that for folks that are out there that this is it's like it's real. It's it's real dedication. It's real work and it's meaningful. Um, so you, you, you really get what you put in. Yeah, Abby, I, I really like what you just said about that it's real and there's rigor. And some people will be really attracted to that. And, you know, others might feel faint of heart, but that's where a community can really help hold you up. And, you know, a, as I said, I'm kind of 20 years along in my spiritual journey. And I what I know for sure is you can, I can only do so much alone, reading a book and charting my own spiritual path without guidance, that the juice is being in community. You know, the, the good, the bad, the ugly that community brings. And so I, I feel that there is just a tremendous, um, Opportunity is actually a good word for it, for, you know, robust growth, because it's a container that is becoming stronger and stronger. So it's exciting to be part of that container and to benefit from it and to hold it up. You know, that's all grist for the mill in the spiritual path. Thank you. Yeah. And I guess the last thing I'd add is just that this is so much bigger than just your personal transformation. That, that's why most of us come, because we know we need help deeply transforming ourselves and our lives. Um, but that's not necessarily the end goal. And I think the beauty of these teachings and this training system is it's not just about navel-gazing, it's about your own becoming a spiritual superhuman that can then um, you know, live your most blissful life. Like, yes, that's all part of it. I want to live a blissful life. And, and I have gained so much bliss by being in these teachings. But we do this work who can begin to tend birth, initiation, eldership, and death in the world again. 
And so I invite you, if that's something that pulls on your heart, that you want to be making sure the new little ones who are coming are fully supported and bringing all their beauty into the world and, and growing up, keeping their tenderness and their softness and their strength and power intact, not getting stomped on. And you want to help young teens not you know, be lost in this vast sea of mess of our, of our culture and our conflicting messages about gender and sex and race and everything else. But you actually want to be held in remembering what they came here to do and being able to step into their community as true adults that can feel they're living lives of meaning that matter as they give their gifts to the world. If you want to help older people really transform what has been poisoned in their lives into medicine and learn how they can support their communities with that medicine and be held and not just shipped off to some home somewhere when they get it to a certain age. If you are inspired by wanting to help those who have died who are unresolved move on and, and bring in the medicine of the, of the true ancestor helping spirits through um, and feel that flow of reciprocity, then I invite you to enter these teachings and start by just reconciling your own relationship with your authenticity and, and taking out the cultural stories that have been poisoned in your life so you can begin to bring in the medicine we need for our time. And so the next um, retreat is, of masks is going to be June 2nd to 7th at El Rancho Robles in Oracle, Arizona, um, which is a beautiful retreat center in the middle of the desert, the same one Alexis was talking about and everyone was talking about. Um, and so you can find information on lastmaskcenter.org if you just scroll down under the current news and the homepage and um, you can find all you need to register there. And um, I highly recommend, too, if you have questions, feel free to reach out uh, via email, whether it be to Christina, to, to me, um, and, or others. And um, we're always happy to, to field any questions. And please tune in next week. We're going to be talking about uh, year two and dance of the shadow self, which involves diving into the shadow realms to retrieve the parts of us that we have lost, that hold the best parts of ourselves, our sexuality, our creativity, our humor, because they were judged at an early age, they got sort of thrown away and turned twisted and monstrous. So we're going to be talking about how do you actually get into the shadow in these teachings and how do you begin to move those big, beautiful energies into their true form in your life. So thank you so much for joining us, um, Alexis, Abby, and Jennifer. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you.